Yo, what's good everyone? It's Anushan and you're listening to Brown Men Won't Jump. Howdy how y'all, Aswi here. Welcome to another episode of Brown Men Won't Jump. Joining me today are AC. What is up guys? And Anushan. Hey, what is happening everyone? Well guys, it's that time of year again. All-Star Weekend is just around the corner. Now, while there won't be a game this year in all likelihood, they're still going to name teams. So we thought it would be a fun exercise to give our thoughts on who should come from the East and the West. So the way we did it is according to the official rules, where there'll be three front court starters, so that's forwards or centers, and two guards. As for the reserves, there'll be seven reserves, three front court players, two guards, and two wild cards. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of trouble picking this because, yes, there are some players who are obvious picks, but when you get further down in the reserves, then you're really splitting hairs. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Oswe. I, f- I feel like, again, the starters kind of self-explanatory with who we have at those slots, but it really boils down to like the bench positions, the reserves, and especially the two wildcard spots. Like... I'm sure we were all scratching our heads, figuring out, oh, who are we going to put here? Especially when we have to consider, you know, position restrictions and and whatnot. Like, so I'm very excited to see what you guys have. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have a crazy podcast with, you know, all these picks and everything. I mean, it's so funny, right? Because every year we always criticize who does or doesn't make the all-star team. Because all we do as fans is basically just vote on the starters. And that's easy enough to do. But when you have to pick, actual reserves and you have to do it by position like the nba requires it's pretty difficult first of all like the positions themselves seem to be arbitrary like we have jalen brown for some reason which I, I i still don't understand he's listed as a guard even though he often plays the three for the celtics and then there's like the whole dilemma of guys who are on bad teams but they're putting up great stats and then there are guys who are on winning teams who don't have quite the same stats as some of those guys on worse teams, but they're winning. So we want to reward that as well. So it's a difficult balance. And it was actually really challenging. And I, I, we should mention that it's blind. Like, we don't know. What the, I don't have no idea what you guys picked. And I'm, I'm pretty hyped to see what you guys picked. It's pretty damn hard. All right, guys, let's get into it. And let's start with the Eastern Conference. Who should be the three front court picks for the Eastern Conference starters? AC. What do you got? So I got your guy, Joel Embiid, who I think he should be the front runner for MVP as we stand today, especially with, you know, AD going down. I think the Lakers are going to lose a little bit less. So if they end up with the number one seed in the East and you know, especially the Lakers fall off, I think he's going to get past LeBron and probably win, win the MVP. So he definitely deserves it this year. Kevin Durant, you know, probably the best season that anyone's had post Achilles surgery. He looks basically exactly the same. I don't see any drop-off at all. He's shooting a ridiculous percentage. He's flat-out unguardable as always. And Giannis is my third guy who everyone is kind of like not talking that much about because you know he's coming off these back-to-back MVP seasons, but he's quietly having basically the same season that he always does. So uh, those are my three guys. As for me, I have to agree with you on those three picks. Let me tell you a fun fact about Joel Embiid because this is one of the few times I can kind of bask and be like, Ah, yes, Joel Embiid is playing well. So let me tell you a fun (laughs) fact about him real quick. You know, he's the only seven-footer in NBA history to have a season with a better PER than him was Wilt. 31.2. That's the only guy. That's that's incredible. So that's good company. And 
So I mean, Shaq never did it. You're saying Kareem yeah, never yeah, yeah. did it. And to add to his MVP case, just I want to throw this one out. His true shooting percentage rivals what Steph had in 2016, the unanimous MVP one. Just, just got to throw that out there, you know? So he's turned into Dirk from mid range. Like he's yeah. absolutely lethal. I heard that he had basically decided that in the clutch situations, he needed to not just have a back to the basket game. He needed to really improve his face up game. And now he has this sort of jab step pull up and a little bit of a fade away from the mid range. And if he has that shot going for him and he's shooting at the clip that he's doing it at, he actually can close games for them, even in the playoffs. So it's a really exciting development for Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Yeah. And so to pair with Joel Embiid, I got Giannis as well. And then Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant basically is putting up the same type of numbers he did before he left in his last season in OKC. Let's just put that in perspective. The guy tore his Achilles and he's playing this well. I, I really got ahead of Tim. Yep. I mean, it doesn't really go without saying these all three of these guys definitely deserve to be the front runners for the front court. And they're my three picks as well. Joel Embiid, MVP season. Um, I mean, you can definitely argue Giannis once again is having a high, high caliber season. Uh, his numbers, they speak for themselves. 28 points per game, closer to like 12 rebounds a game. And he always gets high assist numbers as well. KD looks unstoppable, totally unguardable. Yeah, I have to agree. They're just absolutely three amazing players, and they deserve to be the front runners. All right, so let's move on to the guards then. AC, what do you got? So I found this a really difficult exercise to pick two guards here because you either have people like Kyrie Irving or James Harden who have, for whatever reason, done things this season that maybe should disqualify them from... I think we'll probably all agree they deserve to be all-stars, but... You know, Kyrie Irving literally just decided to take a personal sabbatical. There's still to this day been unexplained and he missed nine games. So should he really be on there? I don't know. James Harden forced his way from one team to another. Then you've got like Bradley Beal who's in the running as well. But he, he just like his team is barely winning despite his efforts. So I, I, I find it really difficult to pick people. But here I ultimately went with Jalen Brown, who for some reason is listed as a guard. He's having an incredible season. It reminds me a lot of the trajectory that we saw with Paul George and Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, where they went from these defensive players with limited offensive games to these amazing offensive talents. That's what Jalen Brown has done. And I, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been the best player on the Celtics. I don't think there's any question about it. You know, he leads the team in win shares by you know a country mile over Jason Tatum. And Kyrie Irving is ultimately my second pick just because he's just so efficient offensively. He's just clearly having an incredible season. I like that he's willingly moved himself to the shooting guard position. He's kind of seeded that responsibility, giving it over to James Harden. He's been fantastic. Can't keep him off it, even though he basically decided that he didn't want to play for a week and a half for no reason at all. I agree with you about the issue with Kyrie and Harden. It's not just Kyrie who took a random sabbatical. Harden had all these gallivanting everywhere too. So <laughs> right, I, right. Yeah. I, I just I don't want to reward that. You know, I, I I just don't want to reward that. So I had to leave Kyrie and Harden off. You actually stole my pick. I was gonna say Jalen Brown as well, but it's for a different reason. You know, if you compare the numbers between him and Kawhi, spoiler alert, Kawhi's on my starter list. And it's hard to agree putting Kawhi on, on the West as a starter and not Brown in the East. Because if you compare their numbers this year, they're basically around the same. They have roughly the same amount of minutes. Brown is shooting a higher three percentage with more three points attempted. 
He has a higher effective field goal percentage. He has comparable rebounding numbers, and they have the exact same points per game. Now, I get it. The first option of the Clippers is Kawhi Leonard, whereas the first option of the Celtics is Jason Tatum. That being said, you got to commend a guy who is balling out this well. If we're talking about Kawhi being someone who could potentially be in the MVP conversation, I think Jalen Brown deserves to be here. Now, again, the only reason he's here is a technicality because he's a guard this year for some reason. So I threw him there. And my second pick is Bradley Beal. And part of this is an appeal to Daryl Morey, who I know you're totally listening. You know, <laughs> you got to get Bradley Beal on the Sixers. Yes, I get the fact that the Wizards are trash. But you have to give it to a guy who scored at least 30 points in 15 of their first 22 games, including a 60-piece. He leads the league in points per game and usage. So I just feel like if there's anything that this guy, any happiness that this guy can get from the NBA this season, I think it has to be an all-star starting nod. So those are my two guys. What about you, Anu? Yeah, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction here. I'm actually going to be putting James Harden in my starter spot. I think, Boo. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally agree with the idea that he shouldn't be rewarded for his antics. And I'm also a guy who does not like the James Harden antics, but I just think his, the season he's having is absolutely incredible. Again, you got to keep in mind, he's playing with two other dominant scores and he's still averaging 23.6 points. He's averaging 11.2 assists on top of that, leading the whole league. Yeah, actually. actually leading the league, right? Yeah. And on top of that, like Kyrie Irving even conceded the idea of point guard and playmaker over to James Harden. He's totally and keep in mind this is Kyrie Irving, right? Like this is a guy who has all the that attitude. says a lot. It says a lot, right? So I mean, I I just think the talent he's for years has been an amazing score, but also an amazing playmaker. Also, I should add he's averaging seven rebounds as well which is really good rebounding numbers for a team that kind of really needs guys to constantly hit the glass. So I guess you could say it's a bit inflated, but James Harden has all the talent in the world. He definitely deserves to be up there with the Kevin Durant, Giannis's, Joel Embiid's. I mean, he's been a front runner for MVP pretty much in the latter half of his career, right? So for those reasons, he's going to be my starter. I'm going to also agree with Uswe here with the Bradley Beal pick. I mean, let's be honest, the dude's been snubbed so many times. It's to the point where it's it's kind of like comical or like a huge joke. And everyone's in on it except for Bradley Beal, because this guy's putting up some insane numbers year after year, but this year especially. 32.9 points per game. And he sees a pretty good playmaker as well, can chip in around five assists as well. And keep in mind he's playing with Russell Westbrook. So it's another guy who's a super ball dominant player. So the fact he's able to get all these numbers and score efficiently as well is nothing short of incredible. So for those reasons, Bradley Beal's got to be my uh, shooting guard. Yeah, I can't disagree that James Harden is deserving in, in the sense that he's probably one of the five best players in the conference. But the problem is I just can't reward him in a season where he, first of all, put his whole team at risk with his really responsible partying and you know just the, his decisions he was making. Uh, with the whole COVID situation, and then just tanking and and basically not even trying on the floor, just just quitting on his team. I, you know, you, should he be an All Star? Sure, but I, I would rather not be a starter this season. Okay, can I just get that, guys? Get NBA gods out there, <laughs> please. <laughs> well, with that, why don't we move on to our Eastern Conference reserves? 
AC, what do you got? Well, so we'll, why don't we do the forwards and centers first then? Because uh, I guess we have so many picks here, right? So should we just start with that? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so my forwards are going to be a little bit controversial here because I have, uh, well, my first two I don't think are that controversial. I have Chris Middleton, who clearly deserves to be on here. His win share numbers are crazy. 3.5 win shares per game. He's shooting 51%, 44.4 from three and 90% from the free throw line. He's you know the second best player on a team that's still winning a lot and has one of the best scoring markets in the NBA. He's basically their closer as well, especially because this year they're using him more as the primary ball handler and using Giannis as, as a screener more, which I think is the right decision. And he's he's doing a great job, so he deserves to be there. And he's, he's also a pretty decent defender and a, a pretty good passer as well. And my second guy I think that is uh, more as a no-brainer is Bam Adebayo, who's putting up 19.5, 9.3, and 5.2 assists. And he's actually shooting 40% from three and 85% from the line. And he's actually developed a pretty decent jump shot from the mid-range. So he's basically been the sole offensive hub this season for this team with so many guys coming in and out of the lineup with COVID, with Jimmy Butler basically absent. It's been all going through Bam, and he's kind of just carrying, putting the team on his back and carrying them as best as he can. So I think he deserves a nod. But my third pick is going to be a little bit controversial because I think you guys would probably expect me to say Jason Tatum, but I don't even have him on my team whatsoever. Oh, and you know why? Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? The Boston Celtics are a 500 team. Okay, yeah, let's say that again. The Boston Celtics, with all their players, are a 500 team. They do not deserve two All-Stars. We all agree that Jalen Brown... You know, whether we put, picked him as a starter or picked him as a reserve, we all definitely agreed that he should be on the team, right? So, And he's been the better player. Jason Tatum, he's had a, a solid season, but I don't, I don't see any reason why he has to be on this team. And this is not about you know who's the best player. It's the guys who's performed the best and led their team the most, as best they could in their situations. And if you look at him, he has a win share of only 2.1 per game. And win share, I think, is a great statistic to measure you know, someone's a candidacy to be an all-star because it takes into account the stats that someone's putting up and also combines with how many wins the team is getting and how many games a person played and tries to see how many wins did their production contribute toward. And his is less than a lot of other players, including all the forwards I mentioned, by a mile. So Vucevic has 3.2 uh, win shares. Middleton is 3.5. Adebayo is 3.2. And then even less than guys like Julius Randle, Trey Young, Zach Levine, that's what all those guys. So to me, he's just not an all-star this season. So I actually picked Nick Vucevic as my third forward. And Vucevic, to me, has carried, absolutely carried the Orlando Magic all season long. Frankly, sometimes when you put on a Magic game, you don't even know. Like, you ever seen that game they play on TNT, the who he play for? I cannot name half these guys on this team. I, like, none of those, like, Charles and Shaq would have trouble naming these guys on this team. Like, that's how bad these are. There's guys out there I've never heard of them in my life. And I'm about as big of a basketball nerd as you'll find, right? And he's carrying these guys to wins against good teams, and he's doing his best. They're, they're always kind of in the playoff hunt. So Nick Vucevic gets that third forward center spot for me. You know, you know what's funny about the Vucevic pick that you made? He is literally the most underrated fantasy player i've ever seen in my life he literally carries teams to wins in fantasy so i, I love the guy i do think it's a really interesting pick he's yeah. not a guy i would have expected you to save but you know i can see the argument for sure what, what, what about jason tatum is he on your do you guys pick him well let me go through my reserves and 
you know, I had Jason Tatum on there, but you very successfully convinced me otherwise. And I'm bumping, <laughs> I'm bumping him out oh. for somebody that you will like uh, personally, AC, but I'll get to it. So right now, I have Middleton because, like you mentioned, he's a legit closer. He's a distributor. He's a defender. And he's really thrived this season. So I say, without question, Chris Middleton needs to be there. Another guy, without question, in my opinion, who needs to be there is Ben. I mean, he's shooting the mid-range better than guys like Mello and Fred Van Vliet and Anthony Davis. 80% at the rim, 85% from the free throw line. You know, he's a defensive beast. So, Bam's got to be there. Now, I didn't even think about former Sixer Nikola Vucevic. I love how you always have to throw that in there, Oswe. Former, <laughs> former sixer. sixer. I mean, you have to remember your roots, right? So, <laughs> so, so he was know, traded as part of the Bynum trade, if I recall, right? Yes, that is that is correct. That is absolutely correct. We drafted him, and we were both we were both thought that that was a huge mistake by the Sixers, even as it was happening, because we both really liked yeah. Vucevic. Well, at the time. You know, not to get too off track, I did like the Bynum trade in theory because I thought, oh, the second best big in the league at the time coming to us, that's great. Only only around 2013, 2014 did we really see, wow, this Vucevic guy has a lot of potential. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So my last forward that I picked is actually your guy, Julius Randle. And, <laughs> and I know that there might be some people listening who thinks, what the heck? Well, guess what? I live in the New York area, and this is the best player on the Knicks team who's currently in the playoffs. So I got to show love to that. All right. So wait, wait, can, you, can you say that last part again? <laughs> the currently part. Yes. The, <laughs> the, Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks are currently in the playoffs. I mean, is he, I mean isn't, that, isn't that surreal? <laughs> That's true. Like, I mean, it's really surreal. You know, I may I may be a Sixers fan, but I grew up watching the Knicks. So I have a soft spot for the Knicks. And this guy really belongs here. 22 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 5 assists per game. That uh, 5 assist number is something I like because I love seeing big men doing something other than just being big and rebounding stuff. So kudos to that. But he's also shooting a career-high 39% from three, randomly. And this is not a team that has, like, an overabundance of of fours and, and bigs and stuff. So, you know, kudos to Julius Randle. I tip my hat to you, sir. You get my last non-wildcard reserve pick. Well, Asui, to your point about Julius Randle's passing, what, what's interesting to me about that is he's a guy who had a reputation for being a bit of a black hole. Like, you would pass him the ball, and he would never pass. That's kind of what he was known for. And now he's become this like offensive hub somehow on a team that has really limited spacing and really limited creators, frankly. So the fact that it's so much of their offense depends upon him. So their formula is basically, you know, playing pretty good defense under Tom Thibodeau and then just run everything through Randall. And he's lived up to it. I think he's single-handedly made the Obi Toppin pick look a little bit foolish in retrospect because he's already playing the position which we got Obi top into play so. yeah that, that's um, a very nix like yeah. thing to do anyway so it's nothing out <laughs> yeah, of the right. ordinary i do want to take a point of privilege here though and, and say this is finally the randall that i saw going into the draft all those years back and it's just nice to see that that realized to an extent and so yeah, I remember him. I remember him dominating like yeah. the McDonald's All American game, and he was a guy that we all thought would be this massive star, and he kind of just 
it kind of just like fell off the way a little bit. You know, he got a little bit of injuries, nicked him up, and then he just didn't want to pass and he became just a score only guy. And I never saw him having a three point shot like this. It's amazing. I actually also have him on my team as one of my wild cards. So I, oh. I agree with you. He actually has 3.3 win shares, which is more than guys like Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, more than guys like, you know, the Zach Levine type people, Trey Young, et cetera, more than your boy Tobias Harris, more than Gordon Hayward. So he certainly deserves to be an all-star, in my opinion. I don't know if he'll get enough votes for him to actually be an all-star, but he has the Knicks in seventh place, man. Yeah. Kudos to him. I, claps, claps for you, my friend. For sure. Anusha, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm also, I'm just gonna put it out there as well. I also have Julius Randle as well, well around the oh, topic. Hey. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, this is incredible. <laughs> I'm on cloud guys. I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because originally I didn't have him on my list at all, but I had to take some time to think about it, and also like that that Jalen Brown pick at the shooting guard. That whole thing screwed me up as well to meet the requirements. So <laughs> basically, I had like I wouldn't say I had no choice but to pick Randall, but I'm actually glad I did pick Randall because, like you said, he has shown such great improvement ever since like his years with the Lakers, moving into his early years with the Knicks, and then now he looks really good. So I'm, I'm very happy to see him do well. I'm also happy to see the Knicks do well as much as I love to clown them and as much as I love to clown AC for being a Knicks fan. But uh, no, yeah, kudos to, to the Knicks and Randall for sure. So I also have Bam Adebayo. When your team is a circus, it's fair to clown us. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah, I also have Bam Adebayo like you guys as well. Again, having a great season. Um, he's improved every single year he's been in the league. Now that it just needs to translate to more wins, but it, it's obvious why they aren't winning as much because Jimmy Butler has just not been in the rotation because of his injuries. Tyler Hero as well. So hopefully they get on track as well. I have Jason Tatum. I, I still think he's having a great season. I, I do think you make a great point about the win shares and how his win shares are relatively low this year. And even his PR, it's high, but it's it could be it's better it's better than his career average PR, which is seventeen point two. Right now it's at twenty one point two. But um I feel like a, a player like Jason Tatum, his stature, he should be much better than what he is showing right now. I do think that his stats are a bit inflated as well, given that they're not winning. They might kind of be empty stats, but keep in mind, he's scoring at 25.6 points per game, getting seven boards, still sharing the ball at 4.5 assists, shooting 40% from three, 87% from the free throw line. He has all the stats, right? So I do think that he's still a capable player. He's one of the best players in the league, superstar potential, and he'll always be the best player for the Celtics. I don't think Jalen Brown will ever be able to usurp him. Yes, but if this was a team built up of the best player of their teams only, then yes, it would be a very different, right? But I agree with my brother. You, you, you can't give two players to a team that's 500. That's just, no. Like, I, I just don't agree with that. That being said, I, I agree. Jason Tatum is playing well, and he's an amazing player. And come playoff time, I'm sure he'll be, you know, terrifying to any team that faces him. But this is the all-star game. This is about who's been playing well up into the season, what teams have been playing well up into the season. And frankly, a team that has like a 500 record doesn't deserve two all-stars. I think that's fair. I also think it kind of differs from our perception of what we believe an all-star to be. I, I think I don't look into the all-star game so much so as 
who is like really contributing to the wins as much. Maybe that's a bit less from what AC was sort of alluding to, but Mr. Windshare, yeah, Mr. Windshare is <laughs> over here. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like for me, I also look at it from like a talent perspective and just how well a player is playing. I, I do agree. I think it is kind of silly to sort of have two all-stars from the Celtics. But if I also like take into the position requirements and like the restrictions and everything of that nature, I do think that, Jason Tatum, as far as his numbers show, that he's capable of being an all-star this year. But yeah, that's just my my take on it. But I do see the argument against it. My, my counter to that is that a lot of guys are putting up crazy numbers. It's not like Jason Tatum is putting up great numbers and then everyone else putting up bad numbers, but somehow has a lot of win shares. It's more like this year, everyone's putting up crazy numbers and all the other guys we're going to talk about are all putting up insane numbers. So putting up big numbers alone shouldn't be what you know pushes you to be an all-star and some people are putting up bigger numbers than he is, and and you're gonna have to if you're gonna pick Jason Tatum, you're gonna be leaving at least one of those guys out. Just to clarify, on which are what are your three reserves in the forward center slot? So we have Jason Tatum, Julius Randle, and Bam Adebayo. Okay, so you don't have Vucevic. I do not have Vucevic now. Aswi and Anu, do neither of you guys have Vucevic at all? Like, do you have him as one of your wild cards? Well. No, I, I completely forgot about former Sixer Nik- Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> I, I actually don't. I have someone else other than Vucevic. Okay, interesting. I mean, I, I, I to me, I just feel like whenever I watch a Magic game, they like they're always weirdly competitive in these games, and somehow are putting up fights against teams. And I, and I look around, I don't, I can't even recognize the guys on his team. So I, I think there has to be something to say. He's putting up big numbers as always, too. Why don't we talk about the guards? Who did you guys pick as your two reserve guards? AC? Yeah, so I had Bradley Beal here and James Harden, which we, we already talked about both those guys. I mean, yeah, it was just, you know, some of you guys have them as your starters. I had them as my reserve guards. Uh, Bradley Beal, you know, he's only penalized for just being on such a losing team, but he obviously deserves to be there, leading the whole league in you know, scoring this season. And frankly, doing the best he can in a pretty shitty situation. I, I actually hope he gets traded. I, I, would, I, I would like to see him on your Sixers this week, or at least somewhere else. Besides, basketball gods must answer my prayers. And frankly, I, I don't really understand why the Wizards are even holding on to him. Like next summer, he can basically has the leverage to demand to be traded to whatever team he wants to be. Like, what happens if next summer he just says, "I want to play with my childhood friend Jason Tatum. Trade me there." Then they're going to have to trade him there. Right now, at least his, you know, the Wizards have some amount of leverage to get something back in return. So I, I I would like to see him moved, but that's neither here nor there. And James Harden is just let's be honest, he's leading the whole league in assists. He's James he's, Harden. <laughs> yeah, he's frightening. Uh, he's <laughs> there's no there's no way that he can't be on a team like this. Whether he's a starter or not is a different story. But he should help us to be on the team. As for my two guards, it's Kyrie and James Harden. I really don't need to explain myself on these two. If they had maybe behaved a little bit better, they one or both of them would have been starters. But I don't know. I'm just not a fan of how they handled a lot of things. What do you got, Anu, as your two guards? Yeah, so I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Obviously, I'm going to have Jalen Brown because he's playing amazing this season, so that should go without saying. But I'm going to actually put Trey Young here instead of Kyrie Irving. So Whoa! (laughs) Wow. I mean, Ice Trey. Ice Trey. So... The Kyrie Irving. Wait, wait, just, yeah, wait. Okay. I don't even have him on my team. So I'm yeah. really curious what your argument is. I mean, okay, look at it this way, right? Well, well I'll, I'll take the Kyrie Irving and the Nets situation in and of itself. They already have two guys on the team, right? One, two, one obviously a starter, one, another one who's capable of being a starter. And I just don't think they're, it's rewarded for them to have three guys on the team, given that 
they're still sort of finding and struggling sort of in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they only have a record of 16 and 12. So I, I do think that it's kind of been a bit underwhelming there in the in the net situation. And I also think it, it's too easy for all of them and for them not to be winning as much as they probably should be. It's kind of disappointing. So I don't think they deserve three All-Stars. And if I'm going to give them All-Stars, I'm going to give it to James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant, who are the two of the better players who are having better seasons than Kyrie Irving. And then when I compare him to Trey Young, Trey Young is the sole All-Star on, or in my opinion, it's the sole star player, at least, on a still struggling Hawks team, but they're barely out of the playoffs. He's having a career year in points, assists. His win share numbers have gone up. They're higher than Kyrie's by by your win share metric, AC. I, I do think he's kind of struggling a bit from shooting from the field, but he is a very high volume scorer and a very high volume shooter. And as far as a player from a like a show stopping sort of like amazing to watch sort of view, I I tend to like watching Trey Young more than I like watching Kyrie, even though Kyrie is a magician with the basketball. What? Yeah, I know. It, it sounds kind of crazy, but Trey Young is also very good with the basketball in his hands. He's basically like a little watered-down version of uh, Steph Curry. So, I don't know. I, I, for me, I just feel like Trey Young's having a great season as always. And, again, my argument against Kyrie is just that I don't see the Nets having should have three All-Stars. You know, it's it's funny because the way, way, the way you phrase that as why you don't think the Nets should have three All-Stars, it shows the hypocrisy in my picking three all-stars for that. <laughs> but, you know, this is interesting. If Trey Young is one of your guards, I, I can only imagine who your, your reserves are. So, AC, why, why don't you tell us, who are your two wildcard picks? Well, before I get to my picks, I do want to respond to Anushan's blasphemous <laughs> uh, wind chair argument. Because <laughs> Kyrie Irving, yes, sure, your guy has... More win shares by point one. <laughs> so it's two point nine to three point oh. So nice, nice try, hey, man. He's, he's playing. He's playing with two other all stars on his team. Yeah, that, well, that makes it even more impressive. So that means, like, in much more limited touches, he's putting up so much more of the share of wins. You know, where I suppose the other guy who is just the number one option on his team. So I don't agree with that. And to, with regards to who's like more fun to watch, like Trey Young. It's fun if all you like is a guy just playing on his own, just doing random things, jacking up shots, and basically just do his own thing, playing less defense than even Kyrie Irving does. Because remember, Winshare is purely an offensive metric, and Kyrie Irving is a pretty bad defender. Trey Young is amongst the worst defenders in the entire NBA, and it's actually like embarrassing how bad he is Laughably. at defense. Like I, I, I really struggle to think of another good player that's worse at defense than he is. It's you know, every screen he's dead on. He's such minimal effort, and I just think like he's an amazing passer. It feels like he's playing his own game, and the other four Hawks are playing their own game. So I don't, I don't know. And, and let me ask you, Sean, do you actually have Kyrie at all on your team, or do you just not have him as one of these reserve guards? Like, is he one of your wild card guys? I don't have him at all on my team. No. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I have him as a starter. You know that's crazy. But you know, I mean, whatever. That, that's why. We, that's why it's the fun. That's the fun of this, right? So yeah. um, <laughs> we can have our disagreements. Uh, what was your question? Ask me. I forgot now. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your wild card picks? So my wild card picks. We we talked about one of them. That is Julius Randall. I mean, it's just so cool to have a Nick potentially make this game. And go I would New still York, be surprised. Go New York, go. 
Hell yeah. I, I was actually about to sing that song. So I, <laughs> the punch, I swear. I'm um, psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's been amazing. So I, he's absolutely one of my picks. And Zach Levine is my other pick. And I thought mm. this picking my last wild card was really, really difficult because there's a lot of guys who I think are, are, are worthy of discussion. So you have Trey Young, who Anushan mentioned, who's definitely in the running to me. Jason Tatum, who I didn't end up not picking. You had Tobias Harris on, on your Sixers last week as an option. And Gordon Hayward, who very quietly is carrying this Charlotte team that nobody thought would be good. And it somehow made them uh, you know, one of the contenders for the bottom half of the playoffs, at least. So they're all good options, but I'm going to go with Zach Levine. He's a guy who's putting up 28, 5.4, and 5.3 on 51.9% from the field and 43% from three so he's become you know he's always been a good shooter but his shooters reach another level and you know he's contributing a, a pretty solid 2.9 win shares per game on a pretty bad bulls team but he's the only reason that they're even relevant in my opinion and i think he's still a pretty bad defender he's not trey young bad but he's i would say he's a below average defender but i think he's at least making effort there and i've been really impressed with his passing improvement as a player he's a guy who I used to think was kind of like Julius Randle was a bit of a black hole, whereas now he actually is a guy who's looking for cutters, looking to create offense for others, feed a guy here who may need the ball in a few possessions in a row. So he's showing a lot of improvement in that way. So I want to re- reward Zach Levine, the dunk king. Wow. Oh, okay. In- interesting. Interesting. See, look, I know what you're all going to say when I tell you who my wild card picks are. Don't say it. Number one. Don't say it. <laughs> number one is the best defender in the NBA. Don't at me. Ben Simmons. Mm. He has the toughest matchups every night. And looks created by Ben have generated a higher three-point percentage than looks created by anyone else. So, yes, he can't shoot. Everyone loves to talk about it. I love to talk about it and complain about it. Both of you have heard me rant about it, but the man creates for others and he stops others. And I think he absolutely deserves to be on the all-star team. Look, the Sixers are the number one team in the East. We deserve a second all-star. Like, what the hell? Come on, guys. Really? AC, not, no, no, no Ben Simmons on your list? I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ashamed you know, to call you my brother. <laughs> wow. I, you know what else? We, you're not wrong. I may now have to take back my Zach Levine pick and put in Ben Simmons. The reality is this guy is such a good defender and it's easy to look at him and and focus on what he doesn't do. And I still think his limitations will ultimately cost the Sixers in the playoffs. But the reality is he's still a guy who on a team that has a guy like Tobias as well, they don't need him to score 20 points a game. What they need him to do is all the little things. He's a fantastic passer, one of the best in the whole league. He's such a versatile defender. He's a guy who one night you see him checking LeBron James, this huge behemoth. And the next night, he's basically half-court trapping Damian Lillard. Yep, It's incredible. Tell me one of the players who can do those two things. According to our friends at B-Ball Index, he has the third most difficult matchups in the NBA. So if you rate the quality of the opponents that he faces, he has the third most difficult. And the only two guys above him are just people who are pure defensive specialists. He still does a lot of offensive generation as well. And I think, you know, I, I think I overlooked him. You know, on a Winchair perspective, he's a little bit less than Zach Levine or whatever. But just because Winchair doesn't capture defense, and I do value defense quite a bit, 
he's as good as it gets on that end. And I do think the Sixers being the top of the East deserve two All-Stars. So I'm going to take, I'm sorry, Zach Levine, you're getting bumped and I'm putting in Ben Simmons. I rest my case. <laughs> now, my second wild card is none other than Mr. 20 points per game, 50 field goal percentage, 45 from three, 80 from the line. None other than Tobias oh Harris. Oh my God. <laughs> Comparable to <laughs> that- Kevin Durant, Paul George, and, 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 and Chris Milton. I mean, hey, we're the number one team in the East. God damn it, give us a third. Oh give us a third. Oh, no, no, no. But, no, no. but, 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 that, but that's, that's a bridge too far. But, but, but hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold on, up, no. hold up. If now, 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 the fanboy in me will say, oh, yes, it, it, it's Tobias Harris. But if, if I'm really going to reanalyze this and reassess this, I think another sixer, well, technically former sixer, Nikola Vucevic, would be my wild card now. You have sold me on that. I just wanted to uh, pump fake you all by saying to my parents. <laughs> I, mean, I was about and, to say, and, come on. I like how else we, else we like brutally exaggerated Tobias Harris's <laughs> three-point percentage to 45 somehow when guys like shooting 41. Still really good, but like 45 is a whole other level. And also like how all the stats you mentioned for Tobias Harris, Zach Levine is just better at them and all of them. <laughs> like instead of 41, he shoots 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead but, of 20 but, points, he has 28 points. Instead of three but, assists, but, he has but, five assists. But Zach you know Levine, I mean? but Zach Levine is not on the best team in the East, and he doesn't play defense as well as Tobias. But again... This is not either here or there. I was just pump faking you guys with it. So, <laughs> yes. I rest my case. It's Vucevic. The Former triggering pump fake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love Tobias Harris too. So, I I feel like you could definitely make a case, but I don't think it's a strong case for him. No, not really. So, it's not a strong case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. My, my picks are interesting. I'm surprised no one said this guy's name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there. I think Demontis Sabonis definitely deserves a wild card spot. I mean, this dude's having the best season of his career, and the Pacers are still they're in the playoff hunt, right? So, I mean, he's averaging 21 points, almost 12 rebounds, six assists, great numbers from field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage is really high, and he's shooting a pretty at a pretty decent clip from three, around I would say 36 percent, close to 37. I don't know. The only thing is his free throws are really bad, and he has had like a pretty bad rough go in his last couple of games. But I mean, I think this number speak for itself. Uh, and you guys know what he's capable of doing on the court, right? He's an extremely gifted passer, uh, one of the best low post options in the NBA, one of the best rebounders in the NBA. So definitely from that perspective, I do think he deserves a nod. And I'm also going to say here is Zach Levine as my guy. I heard the Ben Simmons arguments and I totally get it. Ben Simmons is an elite defender. He's one of the best defenders I think I've ever seen, right? But if we're just going to solely base it off of his defense and I guess his playmaking as well, I don't I just don't think that's enough. That's not enough to for me at least to be an all-star player, right? Like I I do think Ben Simmons is great, but Zach Levine has some of the crazy scoring outbursts I've ever seen not only this season but last season as well in in, in totality I think he's on an awful team which is it sort of boosts his his numbers Stats. yeah for sure but yeah. I, I do think that again when we think about all-stars my my perception of it's a bit different I don't really think too much about like the wins more so as just like what the player can offer in an all-star game right just the ex- excitement not not saying that Ben Simmons is not an exciting player I think this guy plays some of the best open court basketball I've ever seen, but I I just I don't know like I 
take Zach Levine over Ben Simmons for those reasons. And if I'm even looking at the wind share stuff again, like if I'm comparing them, Zach Levine has a higher wind share than Ben Simmons does. So I don't know, AC, you might want to <laughs> readjust your wind share ideas there. Again, a point three difference, but <laughs> but, uh, but again, the, the when it comes to Ben Simmons, I, look, I picked Zach Levine at first, but Winshare does not capture def- defense at all. It's not a, a stat that in any way, shape, or form measures anything other than your box score production, right? So it, it's your box score production compared with your team's wins and how many games you played in them. So it's not going to account for how many times Ben Simmons shut down Damian Lillard or made a couple jumpers harder for LeBron or for whoever else he's chasing around. So that's why I ultimately agreed with Alsui, even though I initially picked Zach. But listen, you can't go wrong with picking Zach Levine. I like this bonus pick a lot. It, it's kind of absurd that we have the, the, the fourth place team in the East. We don't have a single all-star, neither Alsui or I on our list from this Indiana Pacers. But Sabonis has not played well in the last few weeks. It was a month ago I definitely voted him. I, I, but I, I like Sabonis a lot. I think he's super fun to watch. He has maybe the best post moves in the NBA right now like just from a from just a, the array of moves you can do in the post like he's only 611 which is he's not like overwhelmingly giant but he's just amazing footwork he's a great passer i think once Oladipo left it's kind of hurt him a bit especially with no Levert on that team he's just not getting enough looks and it, their their whole offense is a bit mucked up i think both him and even Brogdon had much better cases before Oladipo left but they're just their their whole play has dipped recently so that's why I didn't pick him, but there's nothing wrong with picking Sabonis for sure. So then let me ask you guys, since our picks are basically locked now, you all, you both mentioned other guys who you considered. So who are your honorable mentions? If you had to pick a couple, just a handful. AC? Yeah, so Zach Levine would be the top of them because I actually picked him and changed my mind thanks to Alsui's persuasion. You're welcome. But Trey Young, definitely an honorable mention. For you know, he's averaging nine point four assists. I, I still think he doesn't play within the system enough. I think his defense is so bad that I just can't pick him at all. But he just has an honorable mention. Jason Tatum is easily the best player in the conference that isn't on my All Star team, so he should definitely be here. Uh, Tobias Harris, you mentioned Oswee as well, and I think Gordon Hayward really deserves a little bit of buzz for what he's doing. Nice for pun. City. Nice pun. Uh, <laughs> you you had to jump in in the middle of it. I was making the pun and you jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Buzz City. Come on. <laughs> he couldn't help himself. <laughs> it could. <laughs> Mosby, what about you? Honorable mentions. Well, for me, I agree with Sabonis. Gordon Hayward is somebody who I, I definitely feel is an honorable mention. If I'm not mistaken, the Hornets are sixth. So by pure record alone, you know, you could say that he deserves it more than, say, Julius Randle does. But again, I'm a New York area guy, so no. <laughs> Very blunt. Jason Tatum is is another honorable mention. Your boy Fred Van Vliet yeah. also. Yeah, that, that's a nice mention also. And, and of course, him. of course, um, Zach Levine for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think pretty much anyone that you guys said that I didn't have on my list, or like vice versa, I got it. So, I mean, you guys have Kyrie, so Kyrie definitely is there at the top. Chris Middleton, another great guy. My boy, Fred Van Vliet. That was a really tough one for me because I was just all over the fence. Like, does he deserve it? Does he not? But I do think his play has just been too inconsistent and the Raptors aren't winning as much as they should. So for those reasons, I'm going to like keep him off. I mean, I could say Pascal and Kyle Lowry, but Pascal, I just don't trust that much. And Kyle's my guy, right? So he's my dog. But again, I don't think he deserves it over any of the other guys we have here. So 
That's yeah, that's it for me. Oh, sorry, I forgot to add Tobias Harris as an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about him enough for a guy you didn't even pick. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, with that, why don't we move on to the Western Conference? AC, who are your front court Western Conference starters? So I got the three obvious MVP candidates here. You have Nikola Jokic, who frankly, if not for the Nuggets, being a little bit underwhelming in the win column would be the one of the front runners, if not the front runner for MVP, because he's been that spectacular offensively. He's just he's putting up assist numbers that aren't heard of for seven footer and just leading that team. I think the only reason they're not winning is frankly the other guys are underperforming. Jamal Murray is once again having his typical regular season you know, weeks of being hot and then followed by weeks of being cold. And everyone else has been underwhelming on that team. So he definitely deserves to be here. And then you have LeBron James, who we don't ever even talk about. He's just, you know, he's the king. He's at this age, he's basically carrying this team, especially with Davis being in and out of the lap and kind of being a bit out of shape, in my opinion. LeBron has had to do a lot of the heavy lifting and he's playing a ton of minutes. He's playing every game. He's absolutely deserves to be on here. And Kawhi Leonard, who has... I'm really impressed with how much he's played, even with his degenerative quad condition. He still insists upon playing every game. He's not taking off back-to-backs, and he's played really well when he's when he's been out there. And the Clippers are quietly been one of the best teams in the NBA, and somehow have kind of gone under the radar a little bit. So those are my three picks, and I would, I feel like they're almost the obvious picks, right? Uh, that's fair. I mean, that's exactly what I have. LeBron is LeBron, the king of the league, still best player. MVP candidate, Kawhi. He's near the 50-40-90 mark on the season. And then, of course, there's Nikola Jokic, who, man, you could argue he deserves MVP more than even Joel Embiid. So, yeah. yeah it's, simply, it's simply a matter of wins. <laughs> Honestly, if he if his team was in the top three of the West, I think this would be like an open and shut case. That's how well his guy is playing. Yeah, for sure. Yep, uh, I have the same three guys. I don't know. I mean, Jokic is... I've, I've rant, ranted and raved about Jokic so much in our podcast, so I don't really have to go too much in depth with him, but he's basically everything that we thought he'd be this season and more. Again, MVP candidate. LeBron is timeless. He's going to play until he's a 1,000 years old or something. Who knows? But... um. <laughs> And Kawhi is just great. Like like us, we said, oh, he's really close to that 50-40-90 club. And that's a really hard mark to achieve. So, you know, kudos to him. And he's not taking time off, like AC said as well. So, yep. So what about the guards, AC? So one of my guards is a must here, and that's Steph Curry. Steph Curry on a team with, frankly, very, very limited offensive talent is putting up essentially the same stats they did in his legendary 73-win season where he was a unanimous MVP. Sometimes when I watch the Warriors, it strikes me just how dependent they are on him. Like They basically have Draymond Green, who's a hub of offense, only in the sense of being able to pass, but can't really do anything else. And everyone else on that team is extremely unreliable. Steph just takes shots that nobody else even attempts. I mean, he will just take step-back half-court shots, and it's just, as they say, Steffertless. So, you know, I, I guess I give props. He's he, he's the man. He deserves one of these spots. And my other guard was a difficult choice between Lillard and Luka. Co- coming into the season, I thought Luka would be the MVP favorite. I think a lot of people did. I also actually picked him as his MVP favorite in our, our prediction pod. But he came out into the season a little bit out of shape. And he's now in the last few weeks starting to really pick it up. But Lillard has been consistent. He's been that rock throughout the whole season. 
He leads Luca by a considerable margin in win shares as well, which kind of, I think, exhibits that he's carrying a team, which, by the way, has not had CJ McCollum for quite some time now. And Lillard is just so freaking clutch, man. Like, here's the other night. I saw him make a three to tie the game and another three to win the game. How many times has he done that this season? How many times has he done that in his career? He's the guy, maybe more than anybody else, that I would give the ball to in the clutch situation. I, I believe him. I love him. I, I just love that he doesn't want to, like, gang up with some other superstar somewhere. Even just the other day, he said he's against super teams. And he doesn't want to ever be part of one. So I just have mad respect for Dame Dollar. And I hope that he gets a starting nod. Wow. Were you looking at my uh, picks when, uh, <laughs> when we were doing this or something? So my <laughs> first my first guard is the Stephylus one, uh, Steph Curry himself. I mean, the guy is shooting 66.2 true shooting percentage. Wow. Like, what the heck? You know? So I feel like he's a no-brainer. And as for my second pick, all I can say is I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. (laughs) (laughs) Dame Dollar is the only person outside of LeBron who, if I need a clutch bucket at the end of the game, that's who I'm giving it to. Like you mentioned, 3J himself was having an all-star season with career high production. And then he goes down, but Dame Dollar was still doing it. I mean, he's been straight carrying this team, and they're fifth in the West. It it just doesn't get more clutch than Dame Dollar, really. So Dame and Steph, those are my two. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with with that as well. I do think that Steph Curry is having a ridiculous season. He's so much fun to watch. It's it's a shame that the the Warriors are just awful as a collective unit, and he's like basically a one man show there. But this dude is. <laughs> pulling up from logo like fade away i don't know it's just incredible to watch steph curry go to work and yeah i'm also in agreement with damien i was really considering putting luca over damien but i, I just think what ac said well actually what both of you said really the clutch factor is incredible like you can give this guy the ball in crunch time and he's just gonna go to work and on top of that, he's extremely consistent throughout the course of the game as well. He's probably the second closest thing to Stephen Curry in, in this league right now. And it just shows with this play. And like you said, Oswee, they're, they're fifth in the West and they're winning games. They don't have CJ, they don't have Nurkic, and they're still balling out. So it's big part with Damian Lillard. Well, it's cute that we all agreed on the starters, but now I think we're going to be really uh, debating the reserves because... The West is is wild. <laughs> it really is. So, AC, who are your reserves, your front court reserves? So my number one front court reserve is Paul George. This guy is flat out balling on him. We all made fun of him. We all know the memes. We all killed him on our own pod multiple, multiple times. But he's been killing it this season. And you can see it, right? So the last couple of weeks, when he's been in and out of games with some injuries, the Clippers have totally suffered. He's so important to that team. His shot creation is incredible. His defense has been fantastic all season long. He just absolutely deserves a nod here. He could make an argument, if not for how loaded the starters were, he could he would probably have been an all-star starter, frankly. That's how good he's been. He's actually a stealth MVP candidate, even though, although he'll never win it because he has Kawhi on his team as well. My second guy here is Rudy Gobert. The guy's having the best season on the best team in the league record-wise, which is crazy to say. We had our Utah Jazz pod the other day with Ubi, and we you know, he had a little bit of a debate of whether Gobert brought this contract, but I don't think anyone would debate whether he deserves a, a spot in the All-Star team. He is the bedrock of that defense, 
And offensively, his roll to the rim, that action of him rolling to the rim is the hub of the whole offense. He's also one of the best screen setters in the NBA. And he's led the entire NBA in screen assists for multiple years in a row. So he's one of those guys that just generates offense, even if he doesn't have the ability to shoot. And my third guy is Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony is not having the season that probably we all anticipated they would have. I know some of us had him even picked him as MVP candidate or defensive player of the year candidate. He's not having that kind of season, but he is still the second best player on the best team in the NBA. And whenever he's not there, the Lakers just look so much worse. Even an 80% AD is just one of the best players in the NBA. And the sad thing was he was just started rounding into form a bit the last few games. And then he goes down with this Achilles injury, which thankfully is not a you know a season-ending injury. Now that injury will probably lo- rule him out for the All-Star game, but I still think he deserves to be picked. Regardless of the All-Star game happens, he deserves the honor. He's freaking Anthony Davis. God damn it. You got it. We got the same exact three. <laughs> I mean, to, to, be, to be fair, it, it's very hard to argue against any of Paul George, AD, and Gobert. I, I understand that some people might have reservations of putting Anthony Davis there just because there's the perception that he's not having a great season. But like I mentioned in the last episode we did, Anthony Davis is still having a really good season. As for Paul George, you said it. Uh, he could be in the MVP race himself. And honestly, without all this added pressure of, of uh, that he had last year and even previous years, he's really coming into his own. And I, I hope he projects forward even in the playoffs to play well like this. So it, it was a no-brainer for him. And as far as Gobert's concerned, he is an incredible defender and on pick and rolls, he's been doing really well. So I think I feel very confident in, in these three picks as, as my front court reserves. What about you, Anu? Yeah, I only have one difference in there. So Paul George Ooh. for sure is going to be there for me. And I have Anthony Davis as well. I agree for the exact same reasons that you listed us for I don't think the numbers show just how impactful he is at some points when he's playing. And the other guy I have is actually Zion Williamson uh, at the spot. I think he's having an incredible Whoa. season. Honestly. What? Zion? Zion Williamson, yeah. Hmm. So, well, let me explain. <laughs> I respect it. He has a PER right now of 25.8. That's higher than most of the guys that we have here in this whole all-star thing that we're doing. He's averaging 24.4, seven boards. He's shooting 60% from the field. 60% from the field. That's incredible. And this is a guy also who is taking a decent amount of threes as well. He's not really shooting at a great clip, only around 31%, but it's it's still a weapon for him. Also, in terms of the win shares, he has a good amount at 3.3 currently. I, and I, I don't know, when I watch this guy play, he's just an insanely fun player to watch, too. I think that's another reason why I've, I've sort of made my list kind of catered, why I had that Trey Young pick earlier is I I wanted to also have players that would make the All-Star game very entertaining as well. I feel like Zion has this ability as not only being the future face of the league, but he has that energy to make the game super exciting, right? Like, he had all the hype that LeBron had in their rookie seasons, right? So, and I think he's finally showing out given that he's getting adequate amount of minutes to play. 
he's putting up the, the statistics. I do think that the Pelicans need to win a little bit more in order for this pick to be a bit more justified. But as of right now, I, I think that he's doing incredibly well, given that he's also playing with another high volume score in Brandon Ingram. You know, I thought about picking Zion, but the problem I had with picking Zion and, and really justifying him over, you know, any of AD Gobert or Paul George's, he's just not good defensively. He's he has he's blocking shots a lot better this season, but he's still a liability on that end. And and I I, I don't find that issue to be the case with any of Paul George, Anthony Davis, or Gobert. So for that reason, I, I couldn't pick him. But look, I, I get it. I respect it. But yeah, I, I just don't have him. I don't even have Zion Williamson on my team at all. And the reason is simply because, as also we said, his defense is it's not as bad. It's pretty much atrocious. You know, a stat like PER is purely offensive focus, and it always favors big men. This was this is the flaw of PER. Right? It, it, it favors people who score around the rim and collect rebounds. Basically, all things that Zion does well. It does not account for the fact that you have a guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing on any pick and roll. He takes more false steps than most big men in the NBA. I don't want to say he's the worst big man defensively, but he's got to be up there. He's so lost on pick and rolls. And I just feel like with him, he came into the NBA as this guy who we thought could actually be an incredible defensive player. If you remember some of his college highlights and even just his college consistent play, it wasn't just the highlight blocks. He was making rotation, things like that. He has not been that player in the NBA. And it might be because, frankly, he's a little bit smaller and he's getting up with guys that are bigger than him. But I think he doesn't quite seem to understand where to be. And frankly, he's out of shape. He's just about 20, 30 pounds overweight and he doesn't seem to have consistent energy. So while he's been dynamic offensively and he's been incredibly exciting, I can't make an all-star a guy who's one of the biggest reasons that the Pelicans have the record they have because defense has been their problem and he is the problem with their defense. I, I think you made a good point about the defensive errors that he has. But again, like if we're going to talk about defense in an all-star game, that's I think that's the wrong conversation to have in the first place. And on top of that, if you're going to go by that metric as well, then you shouldn't have guys like Kyrie Irving, who's one of your starters in that sense. And I, Fair enough. I shouldn't have someone like Trey Young as well, right? But we, we shouldn't be solely basing it off of how impactful a player is on defense as the main metric, right? Like, again, the All-Star game is a game that's played for entertainment purposes mainly. Now it's a bit different because there's more incentive for players to win the All-Star games. But it's never solely been about, okay, who can stop this guy? Who can stop that guy, right? We're looking for guys who can put on a show for uh, people to watch. And by that metric as well, Rudy Gobert doesn't even deserve to be on the floor with half of these other guys. Is he entertaining to watch at all? No, not at all. But I also agree that he deserves an all-star nod. He's one of my reserves, I I should mention. But But that being said, the all-star game, the metrics that they base who belongs in the game is not how exciting they would be to be in the game. It's how well have they played. It's kind of like an honor roll for these players. So if if they don't have the stats and they don't have the record or whatever, really the resume to deserve to be on that honor roll, then it's irrelevant whether or not, you know, there'll be a great show. Because yes, imagine LeBron or Kyrie or Harden passing an alley-oop to Zion. Like how amazing would that be? But that's not what the All-Star game is about. That's not how how the players are picked. It's... It's basically an honor roll for these guys. 
and Zion has not met the requirements to be on the honor roll. To me, the game is entertainment, but the honor is forever, right? So you look at a guy like Chris Bosh. When we make the Hall of Fame craze for Chris Bosh, one of the things that always comes up is that he's an 11-time All-Star. And one of the cases against someone like Chris Webber is that he was only a five-time All-Star. Now, is that fair? Chris Webber played in a loaded West in an era with so many great power forwards and centers, and Chris Bosh stacked up these All-Star awards in the East. But fair or unfair, that's how history looks at these people. How many times were they an All-Star? So it's an honor. So it should be dependent not upon how well they pl- would play in the All-Star game, because if that's the case, we might as well just put all the dunk contest people in the game, right? It should be based on what they did to deserve this. Now, I'm not saying that Zion is not deserving. Like, I have as one of my honorable mentions. I don't have him on my team. I do think that he's an amazing player for a second-year player. It's just that when I think about that team and what's wrong with them, he is actually the biggest thing that's wrong with them because his defense is so bad. And they're they're just so pathetically bad defensively. And just if you watch them, like he's so out of position so consistently that I, I can't pick him when... We're picking him over guys like Gobert or Davis or George, depending on who you didn't. Now, you didn't have Gobert, who is amazing defensively and is still providing enough offensive value. So that, that's sort of my logic with it. And, you know, the other thing I would say is I actually think the All-Star game would be better with more guys like Gobert and less guys who don't play any defense at all. Because, you know, the whole an idealized version of the All-Star game to me is a game in which people are going back and forth, but actually competing on both ends. Not one where they're just throwing lobs with no one guarding anyone at all. That's why I've always I always enjoy the fourth quarter of these games way more than the first three quarters. Right, and to that point as well, in in fourth quarter fourth quarter situations, we're not going to be seeing a Rudy Gobert or a Zion Williamson in like those last five minutes. It's going to yeah, be reserved. For the, don't play. Yeah, it's going to be reserved for the starters or whoever's really performing on that day. All right, so. We talked about our front court. What do you guys got for our guards? So you only have two guard reserve positions. So this is a bit trickier, but I mean, one of them for me is clearly Luka Doncic. The guy, frankly, would be an MVP again if his team just won more. I mean, he's putting up, you know, 28, 9, and 9. And he's not just making, you know, we talk about getting nine rebounds or nine assists. These are like difficult rebounds, difficult assists. He's making those amazing passes that only him and a few other guys in the whole NBA can make. And he's making, you know, contested clutch rebounds as well, right? So he's been balling. I, I think he definitely deserves to be here. And my other guard is someone who I don't think is getting nearly enough buzz in the media. And that is Chris Paul. Chris Paul this wow. season is the reason why his team is where it is in the standings. Now, it's interesting. When we talked about the Phoenix Suns in our preview of the West, Anishan made the point that he thought that Chris Paul coming on would hurt the, you know, the development of Booker and and even Aiton to some degree. And I actually think that he's been right about that to some degree. If you look at Devin Booker, he doesn't play well with Chris Paul yet. They actually play, they both play well better without each other. However, having Chris Paul is single-handedly difference as to why this team is so professional in clutch situations. Look up their clutch stats. It's incredible. They just get good shots all the time. And you can't tell me that Chris Paul is the reason why. And his defense is just so amazing, too. Even at this age, being so small, I don't know how he does it. He's just a man. And and I think he deserves a nod here, for sure. Wow. You know, it's hard to argue against those guys. I also have Luka Doncic. But I'm surprised that your second guard wasn't Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. (laughs) He's the best player on a red-hot jazz team, number one team in the league. A team that outscores opponents by 3.4 points per 100 possessions. 
forty percent beyond the arc. I mean, wow! I, I'm I had to say I'm shocked. Well, he he's on my team. He's just my one of my wall cards. So I'll get to see, him. I, I, oh, I don't would, be too shocked. See, I I I I feel like you have to respect what he's done with the Jazz this year. He should not be a wild card. He should be a guard, not a wild card. A guard on your team. You know what I mean? Yeah, to me, it's it's more because I have a lot of difficulty picking between Mitchell and Conley as to who's actually been better. And you can look at the stats any number of ways and make arguments for either of them. And if you watch the game, I often am not sure who's actually playing better between them. Because if you actually look at who's making the important possessions and who's controlling the game, sometimes it feels like it's Conley to me. And sometimes it feels like it's Mitchell. So I, I actually split the difference. And, and you know, Miles, spoiler alert, I picked them as both of my wild cards. So I couldn't really differentiate them too much, but I think they both deserve to be there. So... That's how. That's how, but to me, Chris Paul, there has to be some sun on here because they are playing really well. It's not like being, you know, being fifth or sixth in the in the West. It's not like being fifth or sixth in the East. Like you got to be actually pretty damn good to get there in the West. And the Suns are. And you know, Aiden has not had a great season. Booker has been sort of hit or miss. It's been all Chris Paul's with the consistency on that team. And I just love that this guy came in from the Thunder. He dragged them to a playoff spot, then came here, dragging this team to a playoff spot. He's the man. He deserves to be an All Star. He's the point guard. Yes, that's uh, very interesting. Um, I mean, I think you make good points for Chris Paul. I don't think I'm entirely sold on it. I, I do think he's probably the biggest reason as to why they've been able to form this identity as a a strong Western Conference team. But like again, it's also due in part with how well their team as a whole plays together, right? So I I don't have him on my team, but he was an honorable mention for my All Star selections. Uh, the guys I do have, of course, I have to have Luka Doncic, as we were saying. He's he's incredible. He's having career numbers. Um, I do think he's he was a bit slow to start, but uh, he started picking it up a little bit now. Um, and I also have Donovan Mitchell, same as us. We. Uh, I mean, we just came off of the Jazz podcast that we had, but the dude is starting to really show out. His defense has been absolutely incredible. For someone of his size as well, he's about 6'1", maybe 6'2". If he's lucky, I would say more so six one. But at his size, he can guard almost anyone on the perimeter. Um, he's an incredible scorer, incredible athlete. I mean, everything that we talked about is on the Jazz podcast, so don't need to go into too much more detail. Wow, Anushan, I'm really curious who your wild card picks are after that. We already know who ACs are, but AC, would you like to elaborate why you picked your two wild card spots? Well, first and foremost, this Jazz team has been the best team in the NBA by any measure you want to look at. They're the only team that's a top five offense and top five defense. They're the best record of the NBA. They have the best scoring margin in the NBA. They have killed a lot of good teams as well. They deserve three all-stars in my opinion, especially because it's not like they have like one dominant player that's carrying them. For you sure. can make an argument that any of their their top three are, have been the best player this season. I think, I think Gobert probably has been just for what he does on both sides. But so to me, it was between these two guards, uh, I think Mitchell is obvious. He's ha- you know he's having a, a career season. He's shooting nearly forty percent from three, and he still has that same fearless attitude. And then it came down to for me between two two guys between uh, SGA and Mike Conley. I, I do want to give a shout out to SGA, a guy who inexplicably has led the Thunder to an eleven and fifteen record, which is insane when you consider that this team is intentionally trying to tank. They may be the only team in the NBA that's actually trying to lose games, and SGA is still dragging them to 11 wins. And it's it's frankly incredible 
But ultimately, I gave it to a guy who, if he doesn't make this all-star team, will probably wind up as the best player to never make an all-star team. And that's Mike Conley. He is, you know, averaging 41% from three, you know, 2.9 win shares per game, which is up there with anyone, you know, any many of the picks that we made on both conferences. He's just led this team in a lot of ways. And, and it seems to me that he gets them organized in a way that I feel like Mitchell alone, you know, Mitchell's more of the, this, the true shooting guard. And, and at times he's played point guard for them. But Mike Conley has just so much experience and he's gotten so much better throwing those lobs. When we talked about it pretty extensively in our jazz pod, just how he's improved this season from last year. And I've always been a fan of his. And it would be really cool for him to finally get that nod as an all-star. Unfortunately for him, he would have made many all-star games if he was in the Eastern Conference, but he was in the West in an era in which you had guys like Steph and you had guys like James Harden and all these great players that were just taking up all those slots. So he never got the opportunity, even while his teammates like Zebo and Marcus All were getting honors. So it'd be cool to see that this season. Well, my two wildcard picks, you actually mentioned one of them, AC. I have the point god himself, CP3. You said it all. You just look at the the leadership and the tone he sets. It's just, he has the numbers to back it up too. I mean, 16 points per game, eight assists per game. I agree with you. He really does look like their best player. Devin Booker might, you know, he might put up big scoring nights and whatnot, but the heart and soul of that team is Chris Paul. And that's why they've been able to have like, almost overnight become a, a, a top seed in the West. So I think it's a no-brainer there. The crazy thing is, Oswee, I actually think that this Suns team, led by Chris Paul, could actually make some noise in the Western Conference. Yeah. Because right now, you know, they're still going to know each other. Like, Booker, Aiden, and Chris Paul don't have that chemistry. They're almost, they're doing their own things. When they start to develop over the course of the season, they're going to be more dangerous. And they're already pretty damn dangerous. Yeah, let me add to that. Chemistry is often rooted in the relationships that guys have with each other. And by all reports I've seen, it seems like Devin Booker and Chris Paul really do get along well. And so as a result, I feel like the ball will get rolling, like you said. And I just want to say, this is yet another Us We Dramas prediction. Because if you recall... In our Wild Wild West episode, I do I not recall. <laughs> well, yes, I mentioned back then. Go back to the episode and listen. I mentioned back then that these guys have potential to really be a problem. And I recall Runga said, "Oh, what these guys are like? They're they're not going to be competing for anything, you know." But look, fourth seed in the West, Oswe drama strikes again. That's all yeah, I Anu was pretty. Anu was pretty down on the Chris Paul. He was. He's he's continuing that hatred by not even naming poor Chris Paul on his wow. All Star team. I mean, hey, hey, not even as a wild card. Wait, wait, we don't know his two wild cards, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let me. I thought pick... he said. He, I thought he said he wasn't even on his team. That's what didn't he say I, I, I did. I did say he wasn't on my team. <laughs> but that's not. I mean, he's an honorable mention for sure. I, I love Chris Paul. Honorable mention. Come on, this is the point. God, he doesn't get honorable mentions. He's the point god. <laughs> point god. Now, let me quickly give you my second wildcard pick. And then, Anushan, you're going to really have to make a good case for why Chris Paul is not on your team. So, I agree with the Mike Conley pick. And I'm mad at myself for not even thinking about him. Because, look, I, I jokingly 
partially kind of, you know, yeah, let's say jokingly said that the Sixers deserve three All-Stars because of their number one seed in the East. But the team that has the number one seed in the West and the best record in the NBA absolutely deserves a third All-Star. So he has been bumped into my wild card. But my initial pick is a bit controversial. It's actually De'Aaron Fox. Now, I'm a little biased because I'm a big De'Aaron Fox slash Kings fan. De'Aaron Fox is really playing well. He's exciting player to watch. He's been shooting the three better than I've ever seen him shoot it. He has higher assist rates than, than Mitchell or Booker. He's second only to Doncic for most drives, but he's shooting them at the same field goal percentage as Curry and Irving and Dame. Now, the argument against De'Aaron Fox is the fact that the Kings are like, I think, 11th or something. So he has a weaker case compared to Mike Conley. And in retrospect, I would put him there. But I do want to give an honorable mention and massive kudos to De'Aaron Fox for how he's been playing this season. Real quickly on De'Aaron Fox. I think if he was playing the whole season the way he played over the last month, he would have been a shoe in here. He's really picked up his play recently. He really started out of the gate slowly, though, and the Kings really sputtered a bit, and it seemed they were headed for a full tank. And instead, he's carried them to where they're you know, within punching distance of the playing game. So credit to him. For those of you who know me well, after the New York Knicks, my second favorite team is the second most incompetent team in the NBA after the Knicks, historically, and that's Sacramento Kings. So I'm a glutton for punishment, <laughs> but I love the Sacramento Kings, and I love De'Aaron Fox. So I would love to see him get an all-star nod I just don't think this is his year. Yeah, just to piggyback a little bit. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has always been a player I really love to watch ever since his days at Kentucky. I always thought his speed was just so incredible. And like it was like controlled speed. It wasn't like Westbrook's like 100 and that's all I'm going. So I really love the way that De'Aaron Fox plays. I do think there's a lot needs to work on, but a lot of potential for sure. But let me talk a little bit about my wildcard spot. So... I do have Rudy Gobert here. Again, you could definitely argue he deserves not to be a wild card, but just a regular reserve in the front court. So I can see the argument going both ways. I think he's just having a great season nonetheless, and he does deserve an all-star nod. And my last guy is going to be Devin Booker. Now, I know that a lot of you are going to be like, oh, yeah, well, evidently (laughs) right there. Chris Paul definitely is the heart and soul of the team. I do think Devin Booker, though, is going to be that first main option no matter what i mean he's having a great scoring year as per usual and what he normally puts up 24.5 points it, it is a bit lower actually just because chris paul does take a little bit away from his scoring i also do think chris paul is like i said before and i predicted this earlier he stunted the growth of deandre ayton he's having another decent year but his scoring numbers are still relatively the same and i think they're expecting more out of ayton and i don't think he really gets that opportunity playing with someone like chris paul who in theory, should make him a bit better, but he's really just kind of average, which is it's kind of sad to see from that from that perspective. So now we can officially call you the podcast certified Chris Paul hater. <laughs> wow, man! So we, How dare we, you? This guy. Not only are you refusing to place Chris Paul on your All Star team, but you're picking one of his teammates instead of him. Let wow. me let me let me uh let me put this in perspective. Chris Paul this season has 3.0 win shares, which is on par with a lot of the All-Stars we've picked and higher than quite a few that both all three of us have picked. What about your guy, Devin Booker? 
1.4 win shares. Less than half. And that doesn't even account for defense, where Devin Booker is once again a below-average defender, and Chris Paul is once again an above-average defender. Frankly, he locks people down, even guys bigger than him, in clutch situations. They're okay defense, and it's because they have guys like Bridges, Aiton, who's improved a lot, and and Chris Paul is you know, the spearhead of this defense, not because of Devin Booker. So I think it's blasphemous to put, in, put on anyone on the Suns besides Chris Paul, much less, you know, freaking Devin Booker. Well, what I, what I will say is I, I do think that Chris Paul, as far as his career and what he means to, I guess, the game of basketball in and of itself, for those reasons, I definitely think he deserves that nod outside of basketball as well. Like you've seen it before with guys near the end of their careers. Like not saying that Chris Paul is near that end. He probably still has a couple more years. But like with Kobe Bryant, with Dirks, like all these guys, right? Like they've definitely gotten those all-star nods because of what they brought to the game of basketball. And while you may call me a Chris Paul hater, I love the guy. I think he's what he's done for the game of basketball, not only on the court, but off the court as well are huge things. So, for those reasons, I will probably change my pick here and maybe just go with the Chris Paul train. Yes. Oh, peer pressure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think you guys do make good points. Devin Booker, I still think, is the future for the Suns. And he's an incredible yeah, player. Sure. But maybe for a bunch of the reasons, plus the ones I just listed, we'll probably kick Devin Booker off and maybe give him the honorable mention. And Chris Paul can take that reserve or that wild card spot. All right, well, Anu, we know that Devin Booker is now one of your honorable mentions, but AC, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, so Zion, who I, I shit on before, he definitely deserves at least an honorable mention. I mean, the guy by my all-knowing windshare <laughs> statistic for all-star selection, he has 3.3, which is a lot higher than half the people I picked. So it's a bit inconsistent. You know, so definitely Zion there. Brandon Ingram as well deserves an honorable mention at least. I don't think either of them should make the team, but they can get uh, honorable mentions. I got another guy for you. Anushan, you'd like this one. Your guy, DeMar DeRozan, is having quietly an amazing season for the Spurs. And it's kind of a shame that he's not going to make this team. He has an incredible assist-to-turnover ratio. He's scoring efficiently. The Spurs are weirdly competitive and are somehow in the playoffs if the, if the season ended today, which makes no sense to me at all. But and DeMar is a huge part of that. But the downside for DeMar is, once again, his team is better with him off the floor than with him on the floor. And so, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, very strange. Typical, typical DeMar stat. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is another guy as well who deserves an hour mention, as well as Devin Booker. Because, you know, he is probably the second best player on in a playoff team and having a solid season. All I can say is all of the above you just mentioned. Uh, I don't have anyone to add. I, I, I can't dispute anything. Much love to Zion. Much love to Fox. Wh- what about you, Anu? I, I know you mentioned Devin Booker. Who, who else? Um, I mean, I think both of you pretty much encapsulated all the people I have for honorable mentions. Uh, AC brought up a really interesting one being Mike Conley. I wasn't really thinking too much about Conley, but he is having a very good season. One of my other honorable mentions definitely was DeRozan. Brandon Ingram was on there too. Brandon Ingram was a guy I had to like kind of move around because I was like, does he deserve it? Does he not? But, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's other guys who are much more deserving. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty much that's all for me. Hey, I don't know what I have a question for you guys yeah. out of the blue. So Oswe and I ultimately put Mike Conley on our teams. Anu did not. For Mike Conley's legacy, would it be better to actually make an all-star team 
or to be known as the best player to never make an all-star team. You know, I kind of got to go to la- the latter, actually. Uh, yeah, now, now that I think about it, though, I think you should still make the team, but it's actually like, isn't that kind of a better honor in some I ways? Mean, whenever you're the best player to do something, automatically that, that sounds like a resume booster, but I think the biggest resume booster is having all-star there more than anything. I know that recently Chris Verdon, who covers the Grizzlies very closely for years and knows Mike Conley pretty well, said that this is something that's very important to Mike Conley personally. So even though maybe for the history books, it'd be better to be known as the best player to never make an all-star team. For him personally, it seems like that's an honor that he really wants. Yeah, and also just goes to show how strong the guards were when he played during that time, right? He has stories to tell for days. And Mike Conley is just one of the nicest guys in the NBA. So I really want to see him be honored like this because it's something he deserves. He really does. He always has. And, you know, it's time he finally got that recognition. Yeah, that's a great point. With that, I think that's a good place to stop. Thank you so much for everyone who joined us today. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to email us at brownmenwontjump at gmail.com where you can share your opinion as well with who you believe should have made these all-star teams, whether you agree with some of our picks or you disagree. With that, this is Anushan signing off, and thanks for joining us. Later, guys. See you.